Well, good morning. That may be by far the most incredible announcement giving I have ever seen <laughs> in the history of our church. That is incredible. I love you. That's not easy to do. For a guy that's been on staff as long as Kurt has, and uh, many of you don't even realize the influence that he's had, the, the, the brilliant mind that he has to, to manage all of our teams that do all the stuff behind the scenes. So we're blessed to have him here. Thank you for... Uh, doing this this morning and having the congregation get to know you. So He's a hugger, so you can hug him and thank him for everything he does for our church. But it's so good to see all of you, especially those of you uh, that are guests this morning. We're so glad to have you here if it's, if it's your first time here, or uh, maybe you've been coming the last few weeks. Those of you that are joining us online, maybe you're on Facebook Live, maybe you're on our website with our live stream, uh, so glad to have you guys here as well. Uh, how many of you, uh, did you have a good week last week? Some of you, oh, you were on a cruise, of course. <laughs> the ones with the tan, all right, over here. Everybody, anybody have a bad week? Well, you can be honest. We're in church, right? It's all right. We're family. Right, it's kind of interesting. Uh, Lisa, my wife's uncle, uh, she died a couple weeks ago, and he died in Ohio, and uh, they had the funeral just this last uh, Friday down in Sinclair Shores, which is actually where um, he's from. And uh, I was privileged. They asked me to do the funeral service, which, of course, I was just honored to be able to do that. And uh, so my little family of four with our one dog on Thursday became a family of 12 with three dogs. <laughs> so Colleen, is Colleen here? I know how Colleen, she's not here. Maybe she should be at the next service. So those of you with multiple dogs, I know how that works. But you know how it's a little chaotic, right? It's a little different. Uh, and it's so funny how God manages to line things up as we start this new series called Family Values, right? And obviously, as family, we come together, we, we rejoice together. We looked at this last month, uh, but we also mourn together. And so the opportunity to come in under one roof and just to support each other, be there for each other, break bread together. And uh, Friday was kind of interesting. Uh, the funeral was at 10 a.m., and I, I dragged Christian with me. He always does such an amazing job. He comes, he plays uh, guitar and he sings. He even learned a Josh Groban song for her aunt, You Lift Me Up, and just did an incredible job. And uh, we were down the hall, we were in this room, uh, we were just getting ready. I was looking at my notes, he was tuning his guitar and just going over the lyrics of the song. And uh, we looked at our watches and we said, okay, well, I guess we should probably uh, go into the funeral home. And so you ever notice when you come in and, and you realize that something has gone on and you weren't part of it? You know what I'm talking about? So we walk in, and uh, there's my son, Brady, and he's bawling his eyes out, and my wife is standing there trying to calm him down, and all these people are surrounding him, and his shirt is completely, you know, untucked. Uh, and so you're like, hey, what's going on? And they said, yeah, you just completely missed it. And I said, missed what? And they said, yeah, Brady managed to get one of the mints that funeral homes are so nice about giving out, you know, those have a bowl of mints, and he was just choking on a mint. And uh, thanks be to God, my sister-in-law from Ohio, who's here this morning, kicked into action, flipped him upside down, started giving him the Heimlich maneuver. My wife is screaming, and uh, the Marines were there because they, he was a Marine, so they were going to do the flag folding. One of them's also a firefighter, so he came over, and together you guys dislodged this uh, mint. So thank you for saving my son's life. Um, I told... I told Brady, I will, I will, I will make him remember that, that you saved his life for the rest of his life. Uh, even the throw-up that you caught in your hand and the rest that was on the Marines' uniform. So that's just my week. Just wondering how you guys are doing out there. 
It's funny, it doesn't feel like Sunday. I don't know if anyone ever has that. It's probably not good that the pastor doesn't feel like it's Sunday, but sometimes you just wake up and you're like, oh, that's right, it's church today and you're preaching. So, and it's family values, so we all need to have family values and talk about family values. Uh, but today is honestly, it's a really exciting day. We've been working on this sermon series for months and uh, we've really just plotted this thing out and we just believe this is such a timely uh, series for our church. And so today I'm just going to kick it off by introducing you to the series, talking about the different things that we're going to look at, and really uh, just challenging you about how you can be involved, how you can get the most out of what we believe God has laid on our heart for our church at this time. But I want to start with this. As we look at family values and the, even the word family, you're going to have to interpret it based on your context and the season of life that you're in, all right? And so, you know, if you're single, okay, then you have to look at it in the context of that. And so maybe you have some friends, you know, close friends that maybe you can walk these next two months on that journey with. Maybe you're about to be married or you're married and so you have a spouse. And so maybe that context is what you're going to look through the lens as we walk through these passages together. Uh, maybe you're blessed to have little kids still at home and you're kind of wondering, am I doing a good job? Am I doing enough? And we think that this is really just going to help you, give you some, some real practical information from God's word. It's going to help you get through these years. And maybe you're transitioning out, right? You, you got the, the, you're an empty nester. Isn't that the dream, right? The empty nesting phase? Isn't that, is that when you go on cruises? Is that when that happens? So you're, you're going into that empty nest phase and you know, you're trying to figure out, and this is important, transitioning from parenting kids to parenting teens to parenting college kids to parenting, parenting adults. And let's be honest, some people, they do a good job making that transition and some people, they don't do a really good job making that transition. And so we're going to bring in some things to maybe help us as a church uh, based on all of these different seasons. Maybe you're a grandparent, and I just had another grandparent uh, say it to me this week, just had his first grandchild. You wait, Tim. Having kids is one thing, but having grandkids is another whole thing. And so you're in, those, you're in that stage, and maybe uh, some of this stuff you're going to be able to use with your grandkids, which is what we're hoping uh, will be a result of this. But I want to start with this question this morning. It's kind of a simple question when you think of family values. What do you value most in your life? Your iPhone? Your son? Like, think about it, honestly. What do you value most? Because I think the longer we think about it, the longer we let this marinate, most people are going to say the right thing. You know, they're going to say their family or their relationship with God or maybe even their church and their church family. But in order to really see if we're actually, you know, valuing the things that we say that we value most, we got to kind of take a look at even our own lives, right? Which is what we're going to do throughout this entire series. And so, uh, originally when I wrote this question, I said, well, if I were to look at your family calendar, what would I learn about you? But I changed it because I want you to do the investigation. I want you to analyze. I want you to think about your family calendar and start with yourself. If you look at the hours that you have during the week, how much time do you spend at work? How much do you spend, you know, checking emails? How much time are you on the phone? How much time are you, you know, checking social media? How much time are you watching TV? How much time are you exercising? All of these different things, what would it communicate about your values? If you analyzed your family calendar, what would be on the left, which you would spend the most time doing, and then going from left to right, what would that look like as you look at all of the areas of your life? And to, and to answer the question, the first question, would it line up with what you say values, what you value most in your life? Or is there something that's maybe a little off? Is there something that needs to be challenged? Is there something that needs to be adjusted within your family calendar? 
Are you just in survival mode, right? Your calendar is just full of kids' activities and you're running from this place to then this place and every day when you lay your head down on the pillow at night, you're just glad you survived another day and you're going to wake up the next day and you're just going to embrace the next day hoping that you survive just another day. Or do you have margin? Do you have space? Are you intentional about your schedule? And then just to add another layer onto this whole thing, if you were to analyze, you're doing this, not me, if you were to analyze your family finances, how you spend your money, right? What you invest in, what would it communicate about your family values? What is it you spend your money on? What is it you save your money for, right? All of these things play into our lives. All of these play into our family values. So many of you, I know you got a sermon outline on your way, and I want you to grab that. Could you just grab the sermon outline? And we're going to get to the reading plan here in a moment. But you're going to see all of these topics for the next two months are listed on your sermon outline. And I want you to grab one of the pens that are right in front of you, or right, right in the seats in front of you. I want you to grab a pen, and I want you to circle every single one of these weeks that you feel would be a blessing to you, that would be an encouragement to you. Do you need help setting boundaries, right? Does your family need help following Jesus or honoring marriage and welcoming children? Or how about rest? Anybody need help resting? Doesn't that sound nice? Want just a break from the chaos? Maybe it's extending and receiving God's grace. Maybe your family's struggling with serving each other or praying and forgiving one another. Anybody struggle with that? Maybe it's loving God and displaying that in your, in your family or even in your neighborhood or giving freely and generously. Uh, if you're like me, I just circled every single one of them. So if you circled every, every single one of them, don't feel bad because that's me, right? I struggle with every single one of these areas. And I would encourage you, make a, a concerted effort to be here each and every week. And if you can't be here for whatever reason, you already know that you can't be here, just write LS next to it. You're going to live stream that week. Or you're going to go back and you're going to watch the message so that you don't miss out. You don't miss out on what God would speak to your heart and into your life. And throughout this sermon series, we're really uh, fortunate. We, we've arranged a couple guest speakers, just like we did last year for the, for the Value Everyone sermon series. And uh, you might remember Chris Bodley. He was here with us twice last year. He spoke during the Value Everyone series, as well as he was our Freedom Service speaker, because uh, he was a Navy chaplain. And he's coming on February 24th. And he's going to be specifically talking about that transition from parenting uh, kids to teenagers to college kids to adults. He has five boys, if you didn't know that. Five boys. And when I went and had lunch with him the other day, I said, if you could go back and talk to yourself when you first had your first son, what would you say to yourself? And can you come and share that with our church? So we're excited to have him. And then the, uh, the immediately following week on March uh, 3rd, we're going to have Ed Dorner. He hasn't spoken here before, but he's the lead pastor up in Midland at Messiah uh, Lutheran Church up there. And uh, he and his wife run a ministry for couples that are in distress. I want you to think about this. He and his wife have counseled over a thousand couples. And basically what happens is they get them right, right toward the end, right when they're getting ready to get divorced. And so they put them through kind of this intense boot camp training and uh, they try their hardest to save the marriages and sometimes the marriages are saved and just as many times the marriages end up dissolving. And so I said, would you just come and share your experience and uh, what kind of a blessing I know that he will be to our church. So we're excited to have him uh, join us as well as we go on this journey together. Uh, this all is kind of connected to the Gospel of Mark, which we're going to talk about in a few moments. But we're going to be walking through Mark's account 
in the Gospel of Mark. And so I'm really excited just to be able to look at what Jesus values. And each and every week, we're going to look at a different value in Scripture. We're going to look at what Jesus values. And then we're going, to, we're going to compare it to what we're doing with our lives and how we live our lives. And do the values that Jesus teaches us in his word and how he says we are to treat one another, does that line up with what actually is taking place in our homes? And if it doesn't line up, then we're going to be open and honest about that. And we're going to let God convict our hearts. We're going to let God challenge us. We're going to let God do his work throughout this sermon series. And this is what's really cool. Is that as we go through this, as we go through this process, and I know none of you are going to skip, right? You're all going to be here every single week. At the end of the process, on April 7th, uh, that is the week before Holy Week. The very next Sunday, April 14th, is Palm Sunday. And what we're going to be doing on Palm Sunday is we're going to have a family uh, opportunity for you to come together. You might be wondering why this board is up here. Uh, but we've partnered with a local company that actually makes these. Some of you, you've done the painting with the twist thing, right? Anybody do that? Or now you go and you do the artwork thing. We're all going to do that together in our gymnasium. You're going to sign up either on a Saturday or a Sunday. And so over the next few weeks, you're going to come up with what your family values are. And you're going to come together and you're going to make one of these in the gym. Isn't this cool? And then you're going to take it home and you're going to hang it on your wall so that you always remember what your family values are and you can point back to them day after day, week after week, month after month. Think it's a pretty good idea? So you can see we're kind of passionate about this, right? We kind of really want you to actually not just come every week and you know, hear the word, but we actually want you to put it into practice. And so you're going to be hearing more about that and so we're really excited about that. And if any of you, you know, your extra credit people, anybody like that, you have to have all A's and then you have to have some. Uh, you can also sign up for this class, all right, The Art of Parenting. Uh, my good friends Scott and Bethany and Cote, Scott's right here, they teach this class uh, on Wednesday nights. And so if you just need a extra encouragement, you need people to come alongside you, you want to go through that, I just want to highlight that as well. But also, I want you to see the other handout that you were given today before we dive into the, the Gospel of Mark. It's this one right here, okay? Now, how many of you remember what our theme is for 2019? It's what? Oh, dear Lord. You're the live stream service, too, so I don't, we can't even edit the video, right? Remember what we just spent the last five weeks doing? Does anybody remember? All right, let's do it again. One, two, three. Okay, about 60% of you got that right. So it's own your influence. Can we say that together? Own your influence. This is an incredible opportunity for you to own your influence. You know, one of the things that we love to do here at Shepherd's Gate is drive you to the Word of God. Not just here on Sunday morning, but you throughout the week that you would do this. We printed 500 of these and we can certainly print another 500 or 1,000 more. So if you need to take more than one, you can take more than one. If you need to put one on the, on the mirror in your bathroom, put one in your car, take one to work. This is what we're asking you to do. And I'm going to start with the men, all right? If you're a husband, if you're a father, I'm asking you to own your influence. If God has blessed you with a spouse, with a wife, if he's blessed you with kids, would you at some point throughout the week, whether it's the spouse or the kids, sit at your kitchen table and read God's word together? Figure out a passage that's in here and say, okay, this is the passage. You don't have to read the whole thing, but just a passage that speaks to you and read that together with your family. Those of you that are single dads or maybe you're single moms or maybe your aunts or your uncles or your grandparents, would you at some point throughout the week follow along? There's little check marks. You can do this. You can own your influence. If you value your family, you value your relationship with God and you want to pass on the faith to your kids and you want to pass on the faith to your grandkids, this is the best way that you can do it. It far exceeds bringing them to church that you get in the word of God, that you open the Bible and that you speak God's word into their life. 
And I'm going to tell you why we chose Mark. I'm going to tell you how you can do this together. Because I know, you know, we did this back in, in October, November, when we did Nehemiah, right? We asked you to read through Nehemiah. And Nehemiah is a tough book. It's an Old Testament book. There's a lot of stuff in there that had to be explained. And even last month, when I said, hey, we'd be awesome if you read through 1 Corinthians together. And so 1 Corinthians is a little bit, you know, easier, but not as easy as Mark. See, 1 Corinthians, there's a lot of stuff that, that was being addressed with the church, and it wasn't, as, you know, necessarily kid-friendly. There's some stuff in there that would be difficult to read to kids. But here's what's so incredible about the Gospel of Mark. Ready for this? The Gospel of Mark is the shortest of the four Gospels. You know what that's called? Grace, right? <laughs> for those of you who are like, I just, I just don't like to read. I just don't like to read. It's the, fo- it's the shortest, okay? Or go download it on an app and listen to it on your way to work. It's the, fo- it's the shortest of the four Gospels. And here's the other incredible part about Mark, Mark John, who wrote this is that he is a pointer, he's not a painter. So how many of you are your pointers out there, right? You just get to the bottom, right? You don't need to tell long stories where you just go on and on and on. People that tell long stories that go on and on and on, their names are Matthew, Luke, and John, okay? You can, those are the guys that tell these long narratives and they tell these long stories. And you're going to see as we open up the first chapter of Mark how I'm not joking. Mark just like, this is what happened, this is when it happened, hallelujah, God is on the throne. So you can do this, Okay? Those of you that don't like to read, those of you that have a hard time reading, those of you that maybe you've never read God's word with your spouse, maybe you've never read God's word with your kids, don't let that prevent you from being engaged in this sermon series. Don't let that prevent you from engaging in what we believe is going to be the most pivotal thing for our, our church to walk through. And realize you're walking it through with so many other people that call Shepherd's Gate home. So you think we can do this together? Yes. So when I ask you, when I'm up here next week and I say, how many of you read through it, you're all going to say yes, Right? Now, I want you to know week one is the hardest because we're going to cover five chapters and I'm going to do it with you today, okay? Next week is two chapters and then from then, it just coasts, right? Chapter eight and then nine, it's just all these select verses all the way until the end and then the back, we're just going to continue through Mark for our Holy Week and Easter series. And so I would just encourage you, especially if your name's Mark, you should read the book of Mark, right? All the Marks out there, how cool is that? So let's turn to our chair Bible so we can dive into this and just see what God would speak to us in Mark's account of the gospel. Page 836, the chair Bibles that are in front of you, if you're in the front row, they're underneath the seat. If you don't have a Bible, uh, as always, we would encourage you to take one of these with you today. The greatest gift we can give you is God's Word. And so our chair Bibles, 836, if you have your own Bible, Mark chapter 1. Now just so you know, Mark was not... uh, one of the apostles of Jesus. He was one that actually followed Peter around. And so he heard Peter, who was one of the apostles of Jesus, preach sermon after sermon after sermon. So he really gets a lot of good information. This guy is actually, uh, we read about him in Acts as well. His mom was a widow. And so the disciples at one point actually gathered uh, in his mom's house. A lot of people think this is actually, it was his mom's house where the upper room took place. He also, think about this, not only was he connected to Peter, he was also connected to Paul. And he got to go on some missionary journeys with Paul. So this guy had access to a lot of early Christians. And most uh, theologians, most scholars will tell you that this was the first gospel ever written. And some will even say that Matthew and Luke actually got a lot of their material from Mark. So you today, you and I may be reading the oldest account of the gospel of Jesus. And look at how it begins in verse 1. It says this, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Right? He's so excited to share this news with you. 
And I want you to look. This, these are his verses for the baptism of Jesus in verse 9. It says, In those days Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came up out of the water, immediately he saw the heavens being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove and a voice coming from heaven saying, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. The end. Isn't that incredible? He just told us the whole baptism of Jesus in a, in a few sentences. You see how he's a pointer? Check this out. The next section is the temptation of Jesus. This is Mark's take on this. Ready? The spirit, what's the word say? Immediately drove him out into the wilderness. And he was in the wilderness 40 days being tempted by Satan. And he was with the wild animals and the angels were ministering to him. End of story. You still with me? Still think you can do this with your kids? Right? Isn't that incredible? And one of the things that you're going you're gonna to see about Mark is that he loves this word immediately. In fact, it's found 41 times throughout the gospel of Mark. And there's this urgency. Some call it like, you know, it's like the, the, the gospel on steroids, believe it or not, because he's so passionate about people knowing who Jesus is and he wants to get the, wants to get the message out. And something that he kind of hones in on are two things, authority. And he loves to use the word authority as well as that people were amazed. They were in awe at what Jesus had done. And so I want you to look at verse 19, or 18. He's calling the disciples, right? And he calls them to themselves, and it says, and immediately they left their nets and followed him. And in verse 20, and immediately he called them, and they left their father in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. Verse 21, it says, and they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he enters the synagogue and is teaching, and they were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one that had had authority. There's that word, authority. And not as the scribes. Takes a little swipe at the scribes, right? Verse 23, and immediately, there it, is, there it is again, there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit. And the unclean spirit begins to have this conversation with Jesus. He's crying out to him. But thanks be to God in verse 26, it says, the unclean spirit convulsing him and crying out with a loud voice came out of him. Because Jesus had the authority to call a demon out of a person. Verse 29, it says, and immediately, right? Everything's immediately. He leaves the synagogue. He enters the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. And now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever. And immediately they told him about her. Like there was no delaying. Jesus, she is sick. And he came and he took her by the hand and he lifted her up. And the fever left her and she began to serve them. Right? You can just see like God, after miracle after miracle after miracle. That evening at sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons. And the whole city, think about this, was gathered together at the door. You know, I, was, I thought 12 people and, and three dogs was a lot. Imagine having the whole city at your door. And look at what he does. He heals many who were sick with various diseases. He cast out many demons and he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. And you can see this over and over and over again. Verse 42, and immediately the leprosy left him and he was made clean. Uh, chapter 2, they, these four friends bring this guy, he, he, he's uh, paralytic, right? And he can't walk and so they put him on this mat and they go up to the top and they, they destroy the roof of the, of, the, of the house and they lower him down. And in verse 8 it says, and immediately Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were questioning him. But verse 10, but that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He says to the paralytic, I say to you, pick up your bed, go home. And he rose and immediately picks up his bed. He goes home with them. And they were all amazed. They're all amazed 
And they're glorifying God saying, we never saw anything like this. And you can continue reading in five and six and seven as he feeds the 5,000. He takes five loaves and two fishes. He does this incredible miracle. Jesus is on the water with his disciples and there's a storm and all the disciples are they're nervous. They don't know what's going to happen. They think they're going to die. And he even has the authority to calm the storm. And as I was reading these passages, as I was trying to figure out, okay, God, what is it that you're speaking to us? I couldn't help but make me wonder, do we still believe that God does miracles today? Do we believe that? Or was this just a period of time, and so it's nice, you know, that we have this record, and they're, they're really kind of cute stories to tell kids in Sunday school, and, you know, in our kids' program, and, you know, they're kind of, you know, nice for children's Bibles, and you can have all these really cool graphics. Or do we actually believe that God is at work in our hearts and our lives today? What do we value? Do we value God's Word? And what is it that we're passing down to the next generation? What are we passing down to our kids and to our grandkids? Do they hear it from our mouths? Do we tell them in our homes that we actually believe that God is a God of miracles, that God can do what he did back then, and that God's going to continue to do his work in your heart and in your life and in your family and in my life today? Man, that was just so convicting to me as I was reading through these passages. Because I'll be honest, I haven't done a good job reading my kids the Bible. I haven't done a good job praying with my wife. I haven't done a, a good enough job doing that. I've let other things take presence. I've let other things in my schedule kind of overrun. I've spent time on things that I really didn't even need to spend time on. I just thought that I did because I thought that I needed a break or because I thought that this would be more fun. And it's just convicting to me, and I hope to God as we go through this that you will experience that as well, that the Holy Spirit will bring to mind those areas of your life and that he'll bring to mind those areas of my life that as we walk through these scriptures together, as we hear from these different speakers, they're going to come and bless us with the areas that they're, they're way more knowledgeable in than I am. And they're going to be able to come and speak into our church's heart and to our lives. And together, individually, as families and as a church, we are going to grow closer to God. That God's going to do something these next two months. That on April 7th, we're going to look back and we're going to praise God for the way that he impacted our lives and our families. And that this church and the families that belong to this church aren't going to be overrun by, can I say it, sports schedules. And we're not going to be overrun by financial mismanagement. And we're not going to be a church that's overrun by all the distractions, all the other things that are out there that are vying for our families. But they're going to line up what we know to be true the values that we so desperately want for our families, we're going to line them up with God's values in his word. And we're going to watch because it's going to be by the Holy Spirit. It's not going to be by me. It's going to be by the Holy Spirit that's going to bring these two things together. And then we're going to strengthen our families. And through all of that, God in his mercy and his grace is going to walk alongside us and help us and equip us for today and the next day and the next month and the next year. See, we just started in 2019, didn't we? Right? We just started this journey together, this idea of owning our influence, about you know, really owning what it is that God has placed in our hands. You remember, we talked about this. And now we're taking that next step into what he has for us. So again, I would encourage you, get involved. Get involved in these things. Get involved in what God is going to speak to our hearts and to our lives. This is what I believe that we do actually believe as a church. The other one. That just as God values the use of miraculous for a greater purpose, 
that we would believe and accept and value the truth of God's miraculous works, that we believe the impossible, not because it's understandable, because I can just tell you some of these stories that are in here are a little weird, right? There's a guy, he's in a cave, he's full of demons. Jesus comes and confronts the man with, that's full of demons and the demons ask if they can go into the pigs. And Jesus says, yes, you can go into the pigs and the, and the demons go into the pigs and the pigs go in and they drown themselves. That's weird, right? That's odd. Thanks, Mark, for the details, even the very direct details on that. Like, okay, what do we do with that, right? Even though it seems impossible, sometimes it's not even understandable, but we do it because God is believable. Because it is God that's working in our hearts and our lives. It's because God is the one who's brought us to faith. He's called us as his own. He helps us and gives us the ability to believe in him. And as we dive into Mark, you're going to see this over and over. Even, even his narrative style and his writing style is really cool. Just the way he leads up all the way up to Easter. And I just believe it's going to have a huge impact on our hearts and our lives. So let me ask you again, do you believe that miracles still happen today? I want to tell you just a couple ones that are just recent in our church. Right here in the front row, her husband, Harry, had two masks, right, on his, on his uh, body. And they, and they weren't sure what was going on. And they were nervous it was cancer. And they just found out that it's not cancerous. Praise God for that. She just told me that. I didn't ask your permission, but I'm hoping you're okay because we're friends. Can I tell your story, Kathy? Kathy's been dealing with a, a cancer diagnosis for months, right? You thought there was something there and all of the turmoil, the, the sleepless nights, the prayers and all of these things. And then she goes to the doctor uh, just a few weeks ago and they're like, yeah, there's no cancer there. You are cancer free. Like God still works in our hearts and our lives and she's right here with us. She's a member of our church. But what is it for you? What is it for you? And I would just encourage you, don't give up. Don't lose hope. Is there someone in your family, and maybe it's an addiction. Maybe they're battling that addiction, and you're just praying, God, break them free of that. Don't lose faith that God can actually do something in that person's heart and that life, and that they can actually break free of that addiction. Maybe it is you for your marriage. Maybe your marriage is, you're on the verge, and you need to make sure that you're here March 3rd, and that you hear Ed Dorner, and you get those principles that he's going to instill in our congregation through God's word, and God is going to do literally a miracle and save your marriage. Maybe it's your kids, right? Maybe one of your kids is, is, is the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter or they're just going through a difficult season and you are just wondering, are they ever going to come back? Are they ever going to come around? I'm just telling you, don't lose faith. Don't stop praying for them. Believe that God can work in their heart and their life. Maybe it's for so many people, right, that got walked out last week. So many people that lost their jobs, people, middle-aged people that now, you know, had homes and mortgages and bills and now all of a sudden they're like, I don't have work anymore and I got to figure this out. Believe and trust that God is going to provide for you because he promises to provide our daily bread, right? That he is going to provide your needs and he's going to see you through this and that he's going to open doors of opportunity and that we're going to do everything we can as the church to come alongside you and support you if you found yourself in that situation, that God is still at work and he's still at work at our hearts and our lives. And together we're going to seek what it is that he has for us. Because I want you to think about this. It was Jesus, right, that was born of a virgin. Seems impossible. He's the one that lived a sinless life. Seems impossible. He's the one that went to the cross for you and for me. And think about this, for the sins of all mankind, everyone that's ever lived, 
Seems impossible. To die three days, or to die and to rise three days later from the dead, risen from the dead, seems impossible. That you and I can have life and that we can have it to the full. And now we have this incredible opportunity to pass it on to those that God has entrusted to us. And I am so excited that we're going to be on this journey together. I can't wait to see how God uses this sermon series and how he speaks to us through his words. I'm going to encourage you one last time. Let's do this together, church. Own your influence. Take that card home. Take five cards. I don't care. We'll print as many as we need, right? And own your influence. Dig into God's word and watch what he does in your heart, in your life, and in your family. Amen? Amen. Amen. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I thank you for everyone that is in your church this morning. God, even the way that you align things, how you bring us together, how you call us to faith, and that, God, you've even placed us in this family, Shepherd's Gate. God, we're humbled and grateful for your word. We're thankful that we get to read about the, the incredible experiences that you had with people over and over and over again. And that, God, there was an immediate response. That, God, you were there and you met them in their need. So, God, we just humble ourselves this morning. You know the concerns of our congregation. You know the heaviness that so many people are dealing with, whether it is in the marriage, whether it's with their kids, whether it's in their family. God, maybe it's a health issue, whatever that is, God. We hand it over to you this morning. We ask for your divine intervention and we boldly come to you and we ask God for a miracle. Move on our behalf. Move, God, that more lives would be changed. In all of it, God, we know that it is you that is at work, that it is you that is drawing us closer to yourself. So God, once again, I pray for individuals. I pray for marriages. I pray for families. I pray for extended families. God, I pray for this church, your church, this local church family. God, move and exceed even our expectations. Once again, pierce our hearts and help us to be the people that you have called us to be and always reminding us of what you have done for us through your son, Jesus Christ. God, we're so humbled and grateful that you call us your children, that you call us your own, that you call us by name. We just love you and thank you for everything that you give us through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Will you stand with me this morning? And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may he look upon you with favor and give you his peace.